There we go. And Jen's over in my corner. Okay, <laughs> All right. I think Jen's going to the barn in Corcoran. <clears throat> All right, Scott, so give me just a couple seconds because I want to do um, a few things uh, as far as, like, announcements. But I'll make it quick because we're going to have, like, a really good conversation, I have a feeling. Awesome. Okay. So my name is Monty Moran. I am a uh, Young Living Silver, and um, I'm hijacking Jen's Monday Night Call this week. I think even next week I think I have Barney Kunsi on. Speaking of Barney, ooh, that was a nice pause. So speaking of Barney, check your emails from Jen um, from our simple training when you get the Monday night call emails because uh, she sent out the link to Barney's Wild Summit. So double check that if you have that. If you don't have that email, go to oursimpletraining.com and it should be right on the front page on the right side and look at um, how to get uh, opt-ins for the emails and you can get on that real quick. Okay, so I'm going to check these off as I go. Barney. That was a big one. I always forget about Barney until, like, the last second. Um, the recordings. So with the videos, I'm actually – I am I am uh, ripping the, the audio off, and so all the recordings, including the phone call recordings, are going to be on SoundCloud, or they still have been on SoundCloud. If you're trying to find those, it's under Jen Springer, but under iTunes, it's under Diamond Factory, and then that just – uh, spiderwebs out into like Stitcher and all these other uh, podcast locations. Um, as far as videos, I'm struggling with this one. As far as where to host it, we had a great host site called Smart Member, but the owner of that um, decided I don't want to do this anymore, and so it's just kind of like dying off. I've played with um, uh, what was it? Everlesson uh, started out really well, and then things just got locked up. So. I'm looking at a second one right now called Kajabi, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, so stay tuned. So all our videos that we've done, because we've had um, in Smart Member and Diamond Factory Training, we had like 450 lessons between videos and all the money night calls from since like 2013. So we're trying to figure out a place to uh, put those because I can tell you right now that Jen has told me that with the Platinum Group, the majority of the gals that have been um, that have gone from zero to platinum credit the Monday night calls and the everything that they've learned from the Monday night calls into, uh, you know, how they've got the platinum. So there's some gold in there. Everyone, everyone who's been on the call has contributed something that someone went, oh, okay, I get it. Um, this is what I need to do. And um, they excel. So that'll that's where the audios are. And then stay tuned with the videos. I'm working on that diligently. So it's so frustrating. Um, promos. Let me double check where my promos are at. All right. So I'm going to read these off to you, but you can see them in um, Young Living's back office. You'll find the promos that they're all over the place. They usually send out an email as well. Um, so if you're new to this, why, why am I even talking about promos? Because if you think or if you start to realize that you're even spending $50 a month uh, with Young Living, um, it's definitely worth it to get on Essential Rewards. And once you get to the point where, you know, you realize you're doing $100 a month, uh, then they start sending you rewards back, which is uh, absolutely awesome as far as, like, getting free stuff or buying stuff because Target doesn't do that. Walmart doesn't do that. Um, so with that said, I'm going to kind of give you the breakdown of how this goes. And uh, now that we're getting into the holiday seasons, these are going to be even bigger. Normally we go from, like, 100 PV, 190, 250, and 300. But uh, this month we're going to even have a 400 PV one because people are going to start ramping up and buying stuff for the holidays. So with 100 PV, this is a uh, Essential Wards exclusive. So if you're on Essential Wards, you get this automatically. Is five mils of uh, oregano vitality, which means you can use it with your cooking. Uh, at the 190 PV, uh, it's roughly like retail value is like $95. You get five mils of Roma Ease. And then the uh, five mils of cinnamon bark, and the original vitality. At 250, add all the previous plus add 15 mils of thyme. And then at the 300 PV, add all the previous plus five mils of Palo Santo, which is a great ingredient for not only beard oils, but also I've seen in Melissa Pepping's, um, well, what did she call it? Her like her perfume profile thing. She uses a lot of Palo Santo. So uh, the 5 mils is in with the 300 PV. 
And then multi-greens, 120 count is in with 300 PV. And then the 400 one, so this is the big one. So if you're spending, and I can tell you this, that um, there are quite a few of us who, if you're silver and above, you're likely spending 300 to 400 PV because you've replaced everything in your house with Young Living. You're, you've, you're doing the, the laundry soap, you're doing the dishwashing soap, you're doing the dish soap, you're doing the, um, the hand soaps, you're doing, like, the whole thieves line is your house. And uh, so it's easy just to replace those on a monthly basis. So when you creep up into the 400 PV level, you're actually going to get roughly about $400 back. It says 386 uh, for money back. But so all the previous things, and I'm going to jump right into uh, the last thing that they add to that is what they call our seed to seal story collection. And um, I'll let you read that because it's a little bit longer uh, reading because you need to click on that to find it out. But um, it includes like lavender, peppermint, tea tree, and things like that. So that's the promos. And... Where am I? Here we go. So, uh, double check those. You can see those in the email. You can see those online with youngliving.com and just find promos. You can, the search engines are so awesome on Young Living right now that you can pretty much find anything. Um, so there's no reason to be frustrated. So let's kick back and let's have some fun, Scott. Um, yeah. So my guest tonight is Scott Schuler. Scott is uh, along with Brenda his wife, Royal Crown Diamonds. And you guys have been Royal Crowns for, what is this, 2018? Has it been like over five years now? Six years. Six? Okay. I just figured it was that close. Yeah, so you're yeah. pretty good. I keep track. I keep track. <laughs> <clears throat> um, hey, you know what? So I'm going to ask one question that I learned from Diamondbound in Chicago about, uh, two weeks ago was uh, one of the gals said that once you get the Royal Crown, especially if you're established, that um, there's really there's no way you could slip back. True or false? Mm. Because, I mean, they talk about, you know, like some people will hit executive and they'll slip back to your yeah. uh, so, star. star. Yeah. Yep. So like here's what I'll say about that, because this kind of goes along with uh, the whole residual income thing that we talk about, you know, that everybody talks about in this industry. It's like, hey, you do network marketing because you want residual income, that income that keeps coming, uh, whether you're actively working or whether you're off sitting on a beach drinking Mai Tais or margaritas. Um, so here's, for us, when you hit Royal, there is that potential. But And I'll give you our philosophy, not to call anybody else wrong, but just how we look at our organization um, until we have a diamond at the top. So that would be, you know, within one to two levels of the top of that leg, each leg that's required for Royal. Right. Um, people have, there's been legs that, and, and gold, platinums that have said, I'm done. Whatever, they had a family, something happened to their family. They had a bad experience um, with a product or with, with corporate. Whatever that looks like, we've seen those legs just kind of go poof and go away, whether it's in our organization or in somebody else's. But that diamond level where that check now becomes high enough where, man, I'm, I'm going to do whatever it takes so that does not go away, that for us is true residual income. So if you've got six, seven legs at 35 and you've got a diamond at the top of each one, those legs are kind of self-generating at that point. You look at those people who have, like us, as one of their royal crown diamond legs. We're royals inside of a royal. Um, right. That's, there, you're pretty safe there because I'll tell you what, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that this check does not go bye-bye. So that's kind of how I look at it. Is it possible, like a brand-new Royal, for them to, um, for, for something to happen? It's definitely possible. Um, it, stuff happens. Uh, life happens. Uh, people, people have things that blow up in legs because of this, who knows for what reason, but that it can happen. At, and I'll say it at any time. I'll go on a limb and say at any time. It could be in jeopardy, but that's one of the reasons why we build this way as much as we build this way. Yeah, as I totally agree. As we're going. Totally agree. I mean, me and Jen went to that with mold exposure. I mean, we really didn't work for three to four years, but we maintained silver and platinum. Um, we slipped back a little bit, I mean, volume-wise, but we didn't lose rank. I mean, we were still up there, but right. talking about disability insurance, man, this is, like, fantastic. It is. And, and, and those who, so here's the other thing that I look at it this way too. If you take care of your people um, and, and you are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Gracious, you have gratitude for what you have, what you guys do. Um, you don't expect anything from your people. Um, 
when they see something like that where you need to step back, the majority of them understand, and they're gonna they're gonna continue on. So, kind of like you said, we, we once we've hit a rank, uh, once we hit royal, we never went back. We we've always maintained royal since the day we hit it. Um, so, for us, no, we haven't gone back from it ever. Yeah. Um, you know, we have that same attitude also with our team. Like, we've learned that micromanaging does not work. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and we have we have a lot of millennials, and so, like, there's a lot of young parents. Um, you know, and they might have older parents as well. So they might have um, people die off funerals. They might have young kids. Um, you know, so to to take time off to do life instead of business, we get it. And so we just, like, just let me know when you're ready to, like, step back in the game, you know. Try to make it less than a year, but you know, six months a year, we expect it. Like you know, it's it's going to happen. Well, and you know, quite honestly, the reason many of us do this business is because of the freedom that we're promised, right? That time freedom, that freedom from a normal ten nine to five job. Um, so, if we can't do something like that, where we where we say, okay, I need to take some time away. That's why we do this business in the first place. So the people that say, oh, I can't do it, I, I got to keep pushing, I got to keep going, no matter what's happening, I can't step back. Um, to me, that's, that's, that's living, not living truthfully for why you did this business and what we tell people they can get. I agree. Yeah. All right. So um, you've got this massive project going on with Man Up. And <laughs> yeah. so my first question is, it might be an obvious question, but it might not be. Um, just with the title itself, yeah. why did you use the word project in Man Up Project? I think I think that's not a bad question at all, and that's why I used the, the word in there because I knew it would get people like you thinking. Um, because if if I just if I just wrote a book, it's just a book. Um, it's something that somebody's going to pick up and read, sat down. Maybe maybe they're going to tell somebody else about it. Maybe they're not. Um, but if I want to affect change that takes time and that tends to be a project it tends to be something that doesn't happen overnight it tends to take, it tends to take some work uh some awareness it tends to trying to get other people involved if i'm going to do a project i want other people involved not just myself and so for me that's where this whole project piece comes in um it's it's much more than just one one set of ideology it's one it's much more than just uh um, one single thing about manning up. It, it, it really is a project of looking at the whole men as a whole, not just men as a man type of thing. Gotcha. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to do a rapid fire on these, and then you just you elaborate as much as you want, Scott, and when, when you okay. like stop, I'll move on, okay? Uh, so I'm gonna, I have a whole list here. So what would be the different areas that men need to man up? You know, I mean, you talked about one in your blog was fathering, yep. but other examples. You know, I think, um, so we've got, we've all got different areas of our life, right? I mean, there's like a, kind of like I alluded to, it's not just me as a man, it's me as a man, as a father. It's me showing up in life as a, a husband if I'm, if I'm married. Um, it's me showing up in life uh, in my faith if, I, if I'm involved in, in my church. Um, it's me showing up in life as a business person. I think pretty much any any part of our lives that 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 we we work on or that we're involved in, that piece can be an area where we where we have an opportunity to man up. Now, here's the thing: not all of us are going to be quote unquote lacking in every area, right? I mean, there's certain guys out there that are killing it as 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 husbands, <laughs> way better husband than I, I. I look up to them and I try and model what they're doing and look to them for mentorship, uh, but they may have a place where their business side of things is struggling. Um, so I think each of us has the opportunity to man up in a, in a bunch of different areas, but what it requires is, for, number one, for us to be honest um, what area it is. And, and that's the thing that, that's the that's part of the project part, right? It's that piece of where is it that I need to man up in? If I'm going to be honest with myself, what project do I need to start next? So um, one of the things that I've been trying to work really hard in is, is as a father and as a husband, I've got a really short fuse. Um, and I'm not even going to blame it on anything other than it's my choice how short my fuse is, right? Um, so that, that's my project. That's the thing where I'm working the most on, 
trying to have the effect the most change. Um, and I'm going to pull other people in to help me with this project, people that I respect, people that I look up to that are, that are uh, you know, kicking ass and taking names in that area of their life. Uh, to number one, give me ideas. To number two, hold me accountable. Um, and I think that's part of this whole piece in Manning Up is the willingness to be held accountable. Um, whatever area that you're needing to man up, it's that piece of, okay, I'm going to give somebody the permission to call an ace an ace and to tell me when I'm sucking, to tell me when, I, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm making excuses, uh, to tell me when I'm, um, for example, like in, in a relationship with my wife. Um, there's times as, as, as husbands and wives where we need to vent. And venting's good. Venting is just getting something off of your chest so you can feel refreshed and ready to take more or to be there again. It's a big difference to me than bitching or just, you know, bitching to bitch for that sake. Um, so that piece there of having another another guy, when I'm talking to him and, and, and he's my mentor or he's my accountability dude in this area, for him to say, hey, and now it's just turning into bitching, man. Knock it off. You, you, this, is not, this is not okay. What can we do? What do you need to do to make it right? So those pieces... Um, are integral to to all of this, all of these areas that 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 we have the potential to man up in, and I think it's only limited um, to to our own imagination. I mean, there's 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 always times where, uh, and and here's the thing: we could be killing it, we could be making great great progress, and then one day we just the, you know, the wheels fall off the off the cart, and we go in the ditch for a day. That's okay. The, the thing I don't want guys to think is that that they have to you know be perfect it's all about imperfect progress it's all about um in in all these areas that that we're talking about like as a father uh, i'm going to do my best every day and there's going to be days where i suck and that's okay um as long as i recognize that and go okay how can i do this differently tomorrow what do i need to put in place to make sure that this doesn't happen again so i think the areas are limited only to your imagination so I'm going to totally go off on a tangent because you just got me onto this idea that, uh, or not idea, but like a reminder. So you have done a lot of work on yourself. Like in the last, especially since you guys have hit Royal, like yeah. when you went um, Diamond Crown, you guys went really fast, and then Royal, like when you guys hit that, you did a lot of work on yourself. It's obvious. Kudos to you. Um, and you don't need to do any name dropping, but. I mean, really, how much work did you do on yourself? So that's the funny part, because originally I thought people who did who read self-help books and who did that type of stuff were just weak. <laughs> when I when I first started, when I first joined Brenda, I didn't under I didn't have a clue what this business really was, um, and it's a self-development business wrapped up in a cool health product company is really what this is, and one of the things that. Um, as as I started to try and step into what Brenda was doing, I started to realize I was I was lacking. Um, and now, resisting a little bit too. Admit it. What's that? Resisting a little bit too. Oh, more than a little bit. That's like saying somebody's kind of pregnant. All right, kicking and screaming. All right, kicking and screaming. <laughs> yeah, um, but but when I when I started doing this, um, it it took a while for me to understand where I was lacking, and now by in in. It also took me a while to understand that now, even though I'd, I'd been successful as a chiropractor, um, I didn't realize. I thought, okay, now I got to put all of that aside. That's all got to be set aside because this is completely different. But there's overlap. So there's things that I already had and I already knew that I wasn't. I wasn't going after because I thought it had to be network marketing specific. But then there's things that I started to understand as I, I didn't know what I didn't know. As I start trying to coach people, as I start trying to mentor people through growing, I realized that, oh, they're only going to grow as fast as I do. As I started reading some different books, I started getting, and here, here's one of the things that I'll tell everybody. If you read um, a book, let's say it's my book, Man Up, or it's another self-help book, or it's another, uh, it's one of John Maxwell's books, or one of Andy um, Andy Stanley, or Andy Andrews, or um, Gary Vee, any of these self-help guys. If you read 
their books or a book and you start getting pissed off at the content start paying attention to what you're getting pissed off at because yep. nine, nine times out of ten it's something you need to work on you're just convicted that you don't like that fact that you need to work on and as i read these books i started i started getting mad a lot <laughs> and i'm like oh man all right it finally dawned on me that i need to do this work i need to work on myself i need to grow me I need to be able to lead myself before I can lead anybody else. And I wasn't leading myself. I was just out wandering around. Good point on, on the, uh, on the book part. Um, and I've noticed that like, even if I went to some of the general or like generic network marketing groups, like a mastermind event, yep. there would be speakers there that I, I'd have to walk out of the room. I couldn't handle it. And I would name drop, but like, um, it doesn't matter. But, in the course of maybe two years, I was listening to what this guy had to say. Yeah. You know, but it took me a couple of years to like kind of come around to that point where, oh, all right, well, now I get it because now I know his story and it kind of it did resonate with me more than I realized or more than I wanted to realize. Exactly. And it was his lessons I needed to listen to that I resisted in the first place. Well, and I think part of it, too, is as we get into it. So one of the things that we talk about is, um, you know, what do you do when you're stuck? What do you do when you when you're when you're mentally stuck or uh, you know physically stuck? It, let's say mentally, you want to grow your business, but you've got a mental roadblock. Or physically stuck, you just you can't get yourself into action to go work out or to sit down at your computer. You just have to do something. And I think as we get into action uh, in this business, we start to figure out that oh boy, um, I don't know what to do right now. I, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta reach out or go search for something that's going to give me an idea of what I need to do. But just getting into that action piece is kind of what stirred me into improving. And I think it sounds like exactly the same thing with you. It's once you get into it, and you start doing it. You go, oh, I gotta pick some of this stuff up because I gotta. This might help me. Yeah, I mean, motion likes to be in motion, no matter if it's no motion or massive motion. So. Good. Um, nice job on, on touching that, that topic because that's an easy one to go too far into, but an easy one to like, kind of brush off. So you know, that, was, that was perfect. Uh, <laughs> okay, so talking about this part because this kind of ties into it um, with working on yourself is um, do people have a lot of fear in, in relationships? So uh, one could be just being open in uh, like a personal relationship like your wife. Uh, guys, girlfriends, whatever, or even relationships with your downline, relationships with whoever it is. Like, that'd be the question. And then the follow-up for that is, because um, life is about relationships, the rest is just details. You probably recognize that line, but. Right. <laughs> um, you know, here's the thing. I think what you touched on in the beginning is, is so important, and it's that word fear. Um. I remember when I first was going in chiropractic school and I, and they were talking about, okay, now get up in front of the class and you're going to pretend that you're the doctor and you're the patient and you're going to do an, you're going to do a uh, interview and a, a new patient interview. And I'm like, Oh, I've never talked in front of anybody like this before. This is, this is not, and I forgot everything. Um, and I was scared. I mean, I was shaking. I couldn't even hold them. The piece of paper just, just sat and did this. And I think when it comes to um, this business, because when we look at the, this business as relationships, right? Um, that, I mean, Einstein talks about if you can't um, uh, bring something or boil something down into its simplest terms, you truly don't understand it. And so for us, we sat down one night, Brenda and I did. This is our fun Saturday night type of conversation. And we, we tried to boil down network marketing into one word. <laughs> And that word was relationship. Because um, without it, uh, the first thing people buy in network marketing is you. So you, then you need that relationship. You need trust. And without a relationship there, the, the trust um, isn't there. So that's what we came up with. I think when you look at that piece now, and when you look at how for men in, in this industry, in the essential oil industry, Many times, I think one of the biggest things that hold them back from either buy-in, general support of their wife if she's doing it, um, joining her, whatever that spectrum looks like for that guy, um, is that fear 
that fear of looking silly, that fear of looking like less than a man. Um, you know, this whole premise of man up, it doesn't, man up has nothing to do with how big your chainsaw is or how big a bike you ride or how big a truck, how big your lift is on your truck. Um, right. You could be driving a Prius and be one of the manliest men out there. Um, it, it Manning up just means owning your own shit, basically. Sorry for the, <laughs> but that's, that's what it means. And so I think there's that fear piece for a lot, especially guys. Now, not that gals aren't afraid to do it, you know, afraid of this as well, but for guys, there's that fear piece of getting over what, what it, what you perceive or what you think people's reactions are going to be based on what you do. And I think women get over it a lot faster because of, you know, it's, it's kind of, I don't know. The, the majority of women make the health decisions in the family. I mean, that's just a statistic that's out there. And I saw it when I was in practice, uh, the number of couples that would come in and I'd give a, um, a treatment plan for the dude sitting there and he'd, he'd look over his wife and go, what do you think? Yes. She said, you should do this. Okay. I'll do it. Uh, there was nothing from him. It was just her saying, yes, you need to do this. Okay. I'll do it. So they've, they've been seen as this, as, as the, uh, as the caregivers, as the um, decision makers when it comes to, to the health of the family. And so from some men, they see that uh, if they jump into that role or even step their toe or dip their toe into that role, they're seen as less manly. Um, so I think that that whole fear in relationship piece plays a large, large part, not only in this business, but just, just in relationships at all, in, in general, because that fear, when you open up, in order for a relationship to take place, there has to be give and a take from both sides, right? And I, I who was somebody said that in order for there to be a friendship or a relationship of any kind, uh, each party involved must give at least 60% the other way, over 50, over 50, the, both ways. Right. And so when you look at that and you say, okay, what does that take? What does that take for to get beyond that, uh, hey, what do you think of the weather? Um, what do you think of the Vikings? To get beyond that that superficial BS talk that we all do and to get into the real relationship talk, what, what really matters in people's lives, what's going on up here, what's going on in here, um, that takes a vulnerability. And I talk about in the book how well, even when I was younger as a young man, I, when I saw that vulnerability, that was a, that was a, that was a, that was an in for me. That was a place where I could now get in there and, and give a little twist when I needed to, to, you know, to be, to be above them. And that was immaturity. Um, but that's the way it was. Now, some people haven't progressed past that immaturity stage. And so there, there's going to be those people out there that are doing that. The relationship piece and getting over that fear is getting to the understanding that um, there's going to be people out there that are going to take advantage of you when you are vulnerable. They're going to, they're not going to respect that vulnerability. They're, it's, it's part of the deal. And we, we've talked about that a little bit where it's like, it's kind of an expected thing. When you put yourself out there at some point, you're, you're going to be offended. You're going to be hurt. Um, you're possibly, possibly even going to be wounded. Um, but without doing that, there's no chance for relationships with anybody. You could miss out on some incredible relationships and some incredible people. We talk about all the time how in this industry and in life in general, People need to have more more of a thick skin and a soft heart. And if you can master that, what's that? I totally agree. Yeah. Fact, I'll, I'll share one one life changing moment in my life was my daughter is about three years old, three and a half, and of course you know at that age there is no logic; it's all emotions, right? It's all feelings. So I don't know what we were talking about or what came up, but. She said something, and to me, like, I was totally logical at that point. Like, there was no emotional whatever because uh, I was going through a divorce, but it was um, – or just went through a divorce. So it was all logical on my side. Like, I was pretty cold. She said something or she did something, and it was like – for her, she was conveying her feelings uh, through communication. I'm trying to be on the logical side, and I kind of got a little upset as far as why would you even say that? Like, it didn't make any sense, and – kind of offensive whatever yeah. and 
I'd like to step back for a second and, and think. And I realized that she was talking with emotion. I'm talking with intellect. And the only way that I'm going to figure this out is to understand that the only way to really have a relationship is understand that talking with emotion is the only way to actually really have a true relationship. That was like my wake-up call, like when she was three and a half years old. And so I, I literally applied that ever since then. And, you know, like you said, like when people talk from the heart, it's the real deal. Like people can manipulate up here, but it's the real deal when they're talking from their heart. So that kid taught me a huge lesson when I was in my 30s. Huge. See, that's a, that's the thing I love is is you've got a three year old teaching a thirty year old, and I the number of lessons that my boys up to this point have taught me um, is is absolutely astounding. And it, and it may it may be something as simple as just a, a reminder, but it may be something you know the uh, Wyatt. We were talking we were out fishing of all things. I hate to fish, but the they kids love to fish, so I'm going to go fishing. Um, and we're out fishing, and we were doing something where we were just bobber fishing, and uh, mine went down, and then he was talking about his, and, he's, and he says, well, I better keep my eye on my own bobber, Dad. And I said, okay, what do you mean by that? He says, well, because if I don't keep my eye on my own bobber and I'm watching yours, I'm not going to see mine go down, and I'm probably not going to catch my fish. I'm like, okay. So I said, so I'm, now I'm curious. So I'm like, so what does that mean? He says, just like in life, I got I got to pay attention to my own stuff. I don't need to worry about my brothers or anything else or anybody else in school. I just need to focus on me and what I'm trying to do because if I'm not leading myself, I'm I'm screwed. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, Seriously? yeah, wow. What the heck? That was, yep. You're eleven year old, and you just you just kind of schooled me on on fishing and on leadership. Thanks. <laughs> These so kids—they're amazing. Yeah, they really are. So I think I think like you said the the relationship piece that's one of the biggest areas I think men can man up is is the relationship piece and that's a relationship with your kids that's a relationship with your wife that's a relationship with other friends um that's a relationship with your creator your your god um those are all areas we have relationships with something or someone and so Learning how to do that and be better at that and, and be able to, um, you know, here's the thing. I, <laughs> I always tell people that it's not being that person and being that, that talking from an emotional side doesn't mean you have to cry to every cat, sad cat story that comes on Facebook. Uh, but it does mean you have to be okay with, with, with having that emotional reaction. Um, we talk a lot about uh, how meekness isn't weakness. Meekness is really strength under control. And and so when somebody has emotional outbursts, that's not that's that's a lack of maturity. The 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 one who's mature is the one who can control their outburst and think about it, think a little bit logically about their emotional response. Still come from an emotional response, but not this overbearing loud outburst. And so that's one of the things we I talk about all the times with kids. Yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, there's always different ways to constructively channel that. Like or, or just go destroy stuff, like chop wood or whatever. Um, hey, you know, sometimes there's a, there's a place for all that, too. <laughs> there is a place. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to go on to one topic that related to that. Oh, so fear. Um, the uh, the old adage about uh, falling down seven times, getting up eight, or whatever number you want to use. Um, yeah. I think going at that topic with fear is guys – we can do anything physically and fall down, like, you know, however you want to consider falling down. Like, you get knocked down, you fall down, um, you break your leg, whatever, you'll get back up. You'll get back up, you'll get back up. We can handle the physical part, but I think it's, you know, like you said, it's the vulnerability, the fear of vulnerability of being able to get back up from anything emotional. Like, because when you throw yourself out there emotional, guys aren't really that well adapted as well as women. But no. I think that's where the fear comes in is, can I bounce back from this? If, if I put myself out there and, um, you know, let's say, like, so I'm going to start doing a, uh, a vlog on crossfitting because I'm getting big into that right now. I just did my first competition last weekend. So if I throw myself out there, there's a ton of really fit people out there. So it's like, you know, my fear would be who am I to even, like, start doing this? But there's a lot of people who, one, have never stepped inside a gym and, two, are not in shape and, three, don't even know how to start. So, like, for me, it's like, that's my audience. Um, 
but I'll throw myself out there. I'm going to have people who are going to be haters. I'm going to have people who are gonna be, that are going to say, who are you to even, like, do this? Um, you know, shut up, sit down, that kind of deal. Like, those things go through my head. But for me, it's like I think that's my calling. Like, I need to throw myself out there and say, look, I can do this. You can do this. Watch me fail. Watch me triumph. Here I go. But um, it takes – I think it takes a lot of work on a person themselves to work on being able to throw yourself out there, like we just said, like, you know, three or four times, the vulnerability. So I think that's where the fear comes in a lot with guys. Well, I think that we've had – whoever it is we've let speak into us, you know, as we've – from childhood as we've grown. And you look at kids. If, if, they, if they quit trying when, when they're, like, learning to walk, after falling down twice, I mean, we'd all be we'd all be like that. Uh, uh, what show is it where they were? They're all sitting in recliners on the big spaceship because Earth has been destroyed. Oh, Wally, yeah, Wally, yes, we'd all be like that because nobody could walk. Um, but as kids, nobody's they keep going because nobody says you're never you quit trying. There's no reason that you with a top heavy you know ten pound head. You, you shouldn't be able to stand up. You're going to fall over every single time. Just stop. Don't don't even give it a try. No, they're like, come on, you can do it. We, we believe in you. you. Come on, you know, their hands are out. And they're walk to daddy. And the kids are like, yes, I can do this. There's no, there's nothing that's been spoken into them yet that says, uh, just, it's, it's not your wheelhouse. Uh, it's not your thing. Um, you're not smart enough. You're not good looking enough. You're not tall enough. You're not strong enough. But as men, we get, you know, with, with some of this, some of the stuff that we get growing up and, and, and into our young adulthood, you get those things spoken at you enough, and you just say, like, man, I don't care if dad's sitting over there telling me, come on, but we need those other men in our life, other people in our life that are speaking, that are the daddy going, come on, you can do this. I got to walk to me. Without right. peace in the relationship there, many times those things in our lives that we're trying to man up in don't happen because we just give up. We don't have that support structure that that network of of close confidants that are going to say i'm here I'm, i'll be vulnerable with you let's let's do this together yeah and that's kind of a big deal it's like the the nice uh it's the in-between point between coddling which i am totally against or belittling i mean that's like the in-between points like you don't want to belittle somebody because that puts a lot of you know limited ideas in their head you don't want to coddle somebody because They'll never get anything done. Right. But that supportive structure, you know, all right, well, you know, you can do this, but you need to do this, you know, the other way or, you know, whatever. It's like it's constructive. Right. Yeah. There's that uh, that phrase in, in our industry especially where they say, you know, leaders show up. Leaders show up. And too many leaders take it to the point where it's leaders are helicopters. And their leaders are – you've got to be a helicopter leader. There's a point in time where leaders don't show up. Because it's time now. The, the leader knows when, the, when it's watching the little bird look over the edge of the nest, when to just go, boop, and it's the right time for that. And now it's time for that leader to step back a little bit and let them struggle. Let them, let them find their way through it. But it's that whole thing of, I'm, like you said, I'm not here to coddle you and hold you up by your armpits. Um, but I'm here with my hand against you, my hand back behind your back. And if you fall over, I'm, I'm here to pick you back up, set you on your feet. Let's do it again. It's a big difference. Yeah, that's a big uh, – once you hit um, – I would say once you hit silver, that's a big lesson to learn just to back off, back off, back yeah. off. Um, okay, so this might be a great segue into my next question. Yes. <clears throat> that is, uh, what does it mean to stand in the gap? So standing in the gap, I've got the uh, – with my boys, uh, it's something that I've, I've taught them all since they were little kids. And if you, if you go to my, any of my boys and you say, what animal are you, they'll know exactly what you're talking about, and they'll give you the right answer. And if they don't, they're just being a smartass, and I'm going to be ticked. But <laughs> if you ask them, they're all going to say they're a sheepdog. Um, and there's a reason for that. We talk about in our house how there's, there's three different kinds of people in the world. I just kind of – again, that whole Einstein thing of boiling it down to the simplest premise mm-hmm. – um, so for us, there's three pe- types of people. There's wolves, which are predators, and they prey on the weak. They prey on the sick. They prey on, 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 on people or, or animals, other animals that can't take care of themselves and defend themselves. Then there's sheep, and sheep don't think for themselves. They have to have a shepherd. They have to, if one sheep goes one way, they're all going to follow. And if it goes off a cliff, well, they're all going to go off a cliff. Um, so we're not, and none of them are sheep. 
and none of them are wolves. They're the sheepdog. They're the ones that protect. They're the ones that um, watch over the sheep from the predators. Um, they're the ones that speak into the sheep to say, hey, you might want to start thinking a little bit about this on your own. Use your head a little bit. Um, so that standing in the gap can can look like a bunch of different things. It can look like uh, I'm there to physically protect someone who can't protect themselves. Um, though that's why one of the things that, uh, you know, hope for justice um, for me has a real big place in my heart. Um, I'm there to mentally stand in the gap. I'm there to support someone who can't, who, who right now is having, they've got two, another person who's speaking into their mind that's not speaking what they should hear. So now that may be I'm going to support them that way. Um, it can be I'm going to stand in the gap um, for another for another kid where, let's say, I've got a friend and, and, and he's over overseas in the military or something. Okay, how can I step in? Though? How can I step in and, and stand in that gap for him while he's gone? Or he's the... You've got someone who's sick. How can I step step in and stand in the gap for them? Is it financial? Is it what does this look like? At at the end of the day, it's just people looking out for other people, looking for that opportunity to serve. Um, and by serving, I, I mean it this way: I, I've been I've actually been chastised for holding doors open for women. And I, I can take care of that myself. I'm, what do you think? I'm some invalid? I think, no, not at all. I, I, in fact, I, I, that's not what I think at all. Well, then why in the heck are you holding a door open for me? I can take care of it. I said, well, because I wanted to serve you. I said, I don't care if you were if you were a 300-pound dude. I still held the, held the door open for you because I'm, right. I'm going to hold it open for whoever's next. Dude, you that's like another one-hour topic right there. Right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole because, man, yeah. anyway. Uh, that, that's that's the thing is it's it's looking for the opportunity to serve somebody that needs to be served that that can't do it for themselves, and so like kind of like that. What areas in our life can we man up in? It's what areas in our life can we stand in that gap? The 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 possibilities are endless. It, it's really up to us. Um, I think I think there's if we just open our eyes and open our ears a little bit more than opening our mouth we'll see tons of opportunity where we could just step in. And it doesn't have to be anything like um, I talk about with kids, you know, you're their first superhero and you don't, you don't, you don't even have to, all you have to do is show up and be there for them. And you're a superhero. I mean, right, right from the beginning, you're, you're, the only thing you can do is wreck it. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's literally what happens is you have the opportunity to screw it up if, if you so desire. Otherwise, you are their superhero. And I think that, that whole thing with standing in the gap is the same thing. Is there's so many opportunities out there for us. It's just whether or not we take the time to, to notice them. And it can be something simple. It doesn't have to be raising a million dollars by doing, like, ride for a reason. It can be something as simple as um, noticing when someone is afraid and asking, are you okay? Instead of just, because even if you're wrong, so what? I mean, I've, I've been wrong so many times where I've, I've thought someone was, you know, I'm like, hmm, this looks like a tumultuous, or, you know, a rough relationship right here. And the dude was screaming and yelling. And when he went to the bathroom, I leaned over and I'm like, you okay? You need anything? No, I'm fine. Why? Okay. Well, you just have a messed up relationship then. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's it's just stepping in right there because it could have been. Where she might have said, I'm scared. I'm scared of him. Okay. Well, let's let's figure this out. How can we how can we how now what do I need to do to stand in that gap? But again, it's it's not just too many people, too many men are willing to stand on the sidelines of this football game in life. They're not sitting over there going, Hey, put me in. Because I, I think some of that fear piece is um, you know, I'm going to look overbearing. I'm going to look like I'm a, an ogre. I'm going to look like, you know, I'm this, this toxic male. Um, and that's really one of the reasons I wanted to write this book where it's like, don't be afraid to stand in that gap or to offer to stand in that gap, even if you're wrong. I mean, there's, you don't go up and you don't grab someone by the back of the shirt and say, hey, what's going on? <laughs> but at the same point, you know, it's, it's, it's still that piece of um, being willing to say, put me in, coach. I want to play. I don't want to stand on the sidelines and just watch. Men were, I mean, everybody is was built for greatness. Um, men have, have given up. 
I've watched so many men give up that opportunity for greatness because they're just afraid of, of doing it the wrong way. And it's time to stop being afraid of that. I agree. And um, I think, you know, if anybody's like thinking, I don't even know where like, where to even like stand in the gap is think of you're leaning over to somebody and then you go, Hey, these are good people. That's, that's the kind of people that are the ones that stand in the gap. When someone's referred to as like good peeps, you know, someone yeah. who, yeah, like you said, the opportunity, like it's endless. But um, we just had brunch with a guy yesterday. It's a friend of Jen's. He uh, used to come out and like help her with um, when she was in Illinois, like, you know, doing horse feed, bringing in hay, whatever. Simple stuff like that. To her, like she said, he's good peeps. Like you want those people around because um, he will stand in the gap. Like he'll come and he'll help out whenever you need. You just have to yeah. say something. He'll come out. So, yeah, good stuff. That's a really good stuff. Um, where is it? I lost it, but I know what it is. Um, a little gravel in your travel. Yes. That's why I love that. Um, Maybe we could wrap up with that one because I think that might be a little bit long. Yeah. So gravel, a little gravel in your travel. Um, what it, what it, it, it's important to me because of this. When I first joined Brenda, I, I had no idea where I'd fit in. I had no idea how to fit in. I had no idea what it even looked like to fit in in network marketing. I saw a bunch of suits. She, she put you. She put you out there, and she said, "You know, Sky, you do this talk, or Sky, you do this, Sky, you do that." I saw that. You know, so she was trying to like try to help you figure out. Like it's like, well, if you do this, you fall over. Okay, let's so we'll try over here, and then whatever. I saw that. And you know, as as I as I'm doing this, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm seeing uh, there's suits. There's, you know, sport jackets. There's there's all this stuff. And I'm, and I'm coming off of being a chiropractor where, uh, you know, <clears throat> short goatee, short cut, military cut haircut. Um, and something just never felt right. And so as, as we are, as I'm going through this, what we talked about before with this whole learning process of figuring out, um, doing the work on myself, going through all these different books and trying to read and trying to understand what that looks like. And there's a word that kept coming up and it was authenticity. And I, and I realized through all the work that we did, uh, one of the things that we did was uh, um, it was a myth of the entrepreneur e-myth and it's uh, Michael Gerber wrote the book and we actually coached with one of their coaches for 18 months, I believe. <clears throat> and one of the things that they had us do was they, we were supposed to boil down the essence of who, we are as a person, why we get up and do what we do every day, what drives us to move forward, all of these different aspects of who we are, boil it down into one word. And it took just almost nine weeks of work every day for me to figure it out. I think I'd have the word. And then they said, uh, you know, when you, when you think you have the word, read it out loud a few times and you should get the, like the, the, the warm fuzzies and the chills and stuff. And I just never got that, never got it. <clears throat> and, so I finally came up with a word, and when I said it, and even today when I say it out loud, I still get the chills. And the word is example. Yeah, there's the chills. And so for me, my life needs to be led as an example. So any, anything and everything that I'm doing, if I'm not leading or doing it as an example or being an example in how I'm doing it, it's not aligning with who I am or what I'm trying to do. And so that whole authenticity piece was, okay, I'm, if, if I'm telling people that anybody can do this business, if you don't have to have a college degree, if you don't have to have a fancy suit, if you don't have to, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't, yet, you know, I've got the college degree, I'm wearing a jacket, I'm wearing, I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm playing the stereotype. Right. And it just, was gnawing at me and gnawing at me. And I don't know when that, that switch flipped. It was just, it was a deer hunting season because I grew the beard out. I grew a beard out every year for deer hunting. And after the season, I'm like, you know, I, I like this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to grow it even more. And I'm going to let, let the hair grow. And Brenda's kind of, you know, she, she poo pooed it at first. And, um, but over the years, it's, it's where I'm most comfortable. This, this this literally is 
I mean, if you come, if I if I speak somewhere, uh, if I do live videos for the team, uh, I'll have I'll, most likely I'm going to have a Grump style T-shirt on. <laughs> um, I'm going to I'm going to have a Harley Davidson shirt. Um, very rarely, I, I will wear a tie and a tux for one person, and that person is Brenda, and that's because I know she likes it, and I'll do it every now and then to surprise her. But I, that's the only reason I do it. Um, so this whole gravel in your travel piece has to do with authenticity. I grew up on dirt roads. I've been driving dirt roads since I was, you know, a kid. I, I drove my first semi when I was 11 for my grandfather, Holland Grain. Oh. <laughs> um, and that was a little town of Storton. About 110 was the population. Storton, Minnesota. So there's literally, back then, there was, it, that's what you did. Um, and... So dirt roads, gravel roads, the whole country thing has always been me. Um, I'm not a city guy. I've lived in downtown Minneapolis off of Fulton Street. I lived down by Stinson, down by Gage by the Park in Minneapolis, or St. Paul. I've lived in those places. I don't like to live there. So for me, that authenticity piece of gravel in my travel, if I don't have that, if I'm not true to what my roots are, now, it doesn't mean that I can't adapt to a new situation. It doesn't mean that I can't clean up and, if the situation calls for it, put on a, a sports coat. Um, it doesn't mean that at all. It just means every now and then I need to make sure that there's enough gravel in my travel that it keeps me grounded and centered to who I am so that I can be that example that I need to be in everything that I do and say. Um, so again, imperfect progress because I'm not always <laughs> – Sometimes the example is don't do this, um, but that's what, that's what the gravel in my travel is for me, is to make sure that you're doing something um, on a regular basis that keeps you grounded in who you are. Um, here's the thing. When you, when you become a Royal Crown Diamond, it, be, it can become really easy to think you are more important than you actually are. I mean, really easy. People are kissing your butt left and right. Um, they're catering to you. Um, it's the ability to, to lose sight of, of who you are, um, can have a quick, now I'm not saying you got, you got to think that you're less of yourself or, you know, those types of things. I don't want people to, to misunderstand that, but if this is just young living, it's not like, you know, we're movie stars or anything like that. And that, that thing, as you go through and, be, and you, you achieve, success um the there's a real importance in, in in that authenticity of where you came from who you truly are and maintaining that in your life i think that's that's why i put it there you know that's what money does though money um it's like just multiplies whatever you were in the first place yeah if you're good people you're gonna be like really good people with more money right you know mary said that a long time ago the more into good people's hands, more good things happen. That's exactly it. That big amplifier. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And if you're a total tool, we'll keep an eye on you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's just the way it works. Uh, that's a great one, though, gravel and the travel. Um, okay, I think I went through all my questions. Um Uh, that's boring. Uh, talked about that. Uh, okay, so I know that on your on your website, you need some more content, brother. Uh, mm -hmm. Second thing is, I'm just gonna just call you out. Second thing is, all right. So the next, what's your next event going on with um, Ride for a Reason? Are you like when are you gonna start posting that? Yeah, um, promoting yeah. that. We've got um, the our route is figured out, um, so the the that one should be up. Uh, I haven't even checked this week yet. Uh, Justin was supposed to just supposed to be getting that up within the next couple of days. Um, we've got some. I've got a real exciting announcement that we're going to make uh, about how that's going to work this year. Um, let's just and I'll give you guys in your webinar people a little bit of a, a sneak peek at at some of it. It it's not just going to be hope for justice this year. 
we're we're going to give people a chance to fulfill and to um, to vote, if you will, or to to donate, if you will, to their heart's desire. Let's put it that way. Um, and we've got some really cool. I think we're we're down to we got two vehicles left that we're trying to to get that for somebody to donate. Otherwise, we've got uh, the other four are already in place. Um, so it's. <laughs> It's going to be good. This year we're going up through Yellowstone. We're going to take a couple. It's a four-day ride this year. We've got people from uh, Canada. looks like they're shipping their bikes down to Minnesota, and then they're going to ride with us all the way. Um, we've got uh, ride captains from Texas. We've got ride captains from Florida. We've got ride captains from out east by Vermont, uh, the northwest out by Seattle, um, the southwest. Uh, and so all these other guys now are stepping up, and they're going to put their routes together. We're going to post them all on the Ride for Reason site, and then we'll all converge together, at the very least at the farm, uh, that, that Tuesday or Wednesday morning. Um, okay, last, that was the question was, convergence point would be the Mona Farm. That's, a, that's the main one. Um, the, so what we're trying to do with, with me putting our route first is, you know, here's our route going across the northern part of the states, and then whoever wants to, they'll know right where we're going to be if they want to jump in and join us. And then if somebody's coming up from Dallas, somebody from Nebraska may say, okay, I can join those guys over here. Um, so it's going to allow people to see where everybody's coming from and to join in where they can. So there may be a bunch of converging happening prior to Mona, um, but Mona would be the big one. Last year we had 52 bikes that rode into Mona, and so this year we're hoping for over 100. So it's it's been fun. We've we've had a blast. Yeah, I can see it happen. Don't don't look at me, dude. I'm, I'm not a <laughs> bike. I think I was in either college or high school, and it was a crotch rocket. Yep. And I had no respect anymore for bikes because I grew up with dirt bikes. Yep. And um, yeah, so I no. It's a good time to park it when you lose the respect for it. That's exactly my point. Yep. I, mean, I didn't do anything. I didn't get hurt or anything like that, but I knew better. Like, all right, it's time to it's time to find something else to drive. <clears throat> exactly. Now, hey, there's one other thing I want to make sure I mention this because I you you said something at the very beginning, and I want to make sure everybody understands the importance of what you said. Um, you talked about the gold that's in these calls. Yeah, and there's always that, it, it, they're so true because here's the thing that one thing that I know with, that we've we've come to understand over the years is. None of, us, none of us are as smart as all of us. That's number one. And number two, you cannot be a prophet in your own backyard. So having calls like this where you have access to say someone like me or someone like Barney who's going to come up next or, or a myriad of other people who have been there, done that, worked on it, been in the position you're trying to get to, um, having those resources to now point your people to where they can hear it from somebody other than you, it, it, it's absolute gold. Priceless. It's priceless because they're going to – the number of times it's happened just with me and Brenda, we've got uh, somebody who's weird. I was talking to somebody that I was coaching because Brenda was sick and she couldn't do it, and so I hopped in and I was talking about the power of three and how Brenda's already ta- always talking to him about that, and they both said, what power of three? And I said, what do you mean, what power of three? It's one of the first things Brenda talks about is the power of three where you get – you know, if you're coaching someone, you have them go get two people and you guys come together as three and it's, you know, a quarter of three strands is not likely broken, blah, 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 blah. Like, we've never heard of this before in our life. I'm like, what? So then I went and talked to Brenda afterward and I said, why didn't you teach them about the power of three? You teach everybody. She says, I have taught that to them like 15 times. I said, well, they, they had no idea what it was, and you know, she was so pissed off. But at the same time, you know, they just didn't hear it from her, but they heard it from me for whatever reason. So that piece of getting people to listen to other people is huge in this business. I agree. I appreciate having you on, Scott. Hey, uh, welcome, man. <laughs> any closing thoughts? Uh, any other, like, secrets you want to divulge? You know... Um, I'll, I'll, I'll leave a closing thought for, because we've, I've talked about the man up piece and as men and as men, as men, as men, and as men, as men, and as men, what we need to do. Right. Um, but there's a piece for women in this too. And, and, and that piece is when, if you have a man that's trying to man up in a certain area, support him in it, give him a kudos, give him a good job, give him an attaboy. Um, because 
for many times you're going to be the only one that's that's speaking that positive thing into him until he's open and vulnerable enough to have other to bring other dudes around him um and without that piece of you giving what he needs there he missed you. he may just say screw it it's not worth it i'm not i'm never going to i'm never going to amount to what what i need to or what i want to but with you speaking truth into him and life into him that way that's yeah. going to encourage him to keep going right or in other words, stop henpecking. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> I did say it. I did say it. But, I mean, that's usually what brings a man down is the henpecking. But, uh, you certainly can. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Speaking the truth into somebody um, raises them even higher than either one of you might expect. That's right. So, that's good. Um, all right. I'm so glad I had John Scott. I wasn't sure. Like, our communication last week, I was like, it just <laughs> Like even in the states, I don't know. Like knowing you, like, just like disappear. But uh, I'm glad it worked out. I had a feeling, you know, we would just like make it work. So I appreciate it, man. I had fun. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, it was good. It was a great talk. So, um, so I'm gonna close this off, and then um, Scott, I wish you a good night. Yeah, you guys too. Thanks for letting me come on and, and speak, and uh, have a great rest of the week. All right. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. Good night.